Good morning. Thanks for joining me on the Meg Ellison Show. I appreciate you tuning in as always. If you've missed any of the segments during the course of the programming gold, you can always go out to WSAU.com and the podcast. Every segment is out there for your listening enjoyment and please share with others. Joining me this morning from, I guess, the mini swamp, we like to call it sometimes, the Madison area, I believe, is Republican Party of Wisconsin Chairman Brian Schimming. How are you? Well, that part is true, and the mini swamp is also true. Uh, yeah, I, I am getting some relief this weekend, though, because um, on Friday night I'll be in Rhinelander. Saturday morning I'll be in Eagle River speaking at the Vilas County Caucus. Uh, Saturday afternoon I'll be in Prentice at the uh, Price County Lincoln Day. And then uh, at night, Saturday night, I'll be over in Hayward at the uh, Sawyer County Lincoln Day dinner. So I'm I'm looking forward to being normal places this All week. right. Well, good. Yeah. Well, yeah, um, I'm all I, excited about it. I'm actually well, I'm actually a little bit excited because hey, Rhinelander's kind of close to me, so maybe we'll we'll chat about maybe I don't know if how what when you're going to be up there, but we'll figure it out. Okay, so let's start. Well, you know, let's start with the news of you know, I reached out to you to have you on, but let's start with the the border bill that really isn't a border bill at all. No, it's not. And the truth of the matter is, and I, I, you know, we've had other developments in the last 24 hours, obviously, but this is an issue. I tell Republicans, this is not an issue to wimp out on. I, I, this is, I mean, no issue is, but certainly this one is not. This is one where Republicans hold a 25 or 30 point advantage because the people listening to us right now get it. Joe Biden has given, and the Democrats, not just Joe Biden, by the way, Joe Biden and the Democrats have given control of our border away to countries who hate us, who, who will send terrorists over the border, who will uh, bring tons of fentanyl over the border, who will bring crime over the border. Uh, and so to me, uh, this is an issue that is so crystal clear. It's not some obtuse issue that nobody understands. Everyone gets that we had control of, of the border under the previous administration. We do not have control of it now, but not, Meg, by accident. It's on purpose that the Biden administration has given away control of the southern border. It's on purpose that all of these bad things that happen when you don't have a secure border happen. So I don't, you know, if Republicans don't tag this on the Democrats and on Biden, I, and largely, overwhelmingly, they do. But anything the president does now, I mean, talking about closing the barn door after the cows are out, uh, you know, the president now talking about, oh, I'm going to do what it takes. No, that's all nonsense. He's allowed millions of illegals over the border into this country. It is uh, goofing up cities like Whitewater, where I used to be on the city council, where they had a thousand people show up at what amounted to a several month, uh, you know, immigrant drop into that community. And, and let's, you know, do let's not do the false flag operation by the Democrats going, oh, aren't you in favor of you know, having the melting pot of America and all that. This isn't about 
of, you know, legal immigrants coming into this country who want to work or enjoy freedom here. That's not what this is about. It's about Joe Biden purposefully, knowledgeably, politically opening the southern border for policy and political benefit. And that's it. You know, I said this earlier this morning, not too long ago, actually, that even if one terrorist crosses the border, that's one too many. And so that's reason in and of itself to keep the borders closed. And how soon? Well, it's not really soon. But I mean, why do Americans forget this? And and I mean, I, you know, I get that this is all politics for the Democrats and they want to hang this, which is not a border bill. They want to hang this on Republicans and make these claims. And I'm sure the mainstream media will run with it and say, oh, yes, it was Republicans that don't want to secure the border. That's their narrative. Right. 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 Yeah. The Republicans didn't want to fund it, you know, through the president's vehicle to do whatever, which was nonsense from the get go. So I, I don't you know, I, I tell my national, my other state chairs, my national folks, look, this is one where we have an advantage because the people get it. This isn't some obtuse issue that you have to spend months teaching, you know, everyone and campaigning and, and doing everything. People get this issue at its core. And this is a nation of good folks who want to welcome immigrants, who want to come in by the law and live in freedom and work in freedom. People get that. Uh, They do. I'm convinced of that. What they also get, though, is you cannot do what Joe Biden has done at the border. And and the problem is now with the millions that have come over is you can't erase that. It's not as easy as saying, okay, let's go catch them all and send them back. Uh, It starts and ends on border enforcement and on building a wall and on doing what it takes. And as a result, uh, you know, you know, look at the drug, look at the fentanyl issue, look at the crime issue that's been caused by folks who have come over uh, uh, to terrorize people in this country and literally people on the terrorist watch list, which is we sit here on this Wednesday morning have snuck in this country, not in a ship coming in from San Francisco, not in a plane coming into New York, but over the U.S.-Mexican border, and the Biden policy allowed it to happen. And one of these days, when another building blows up, or when a train station is bombed, or when somebody gets assassinated in the street, uh, unfortunately, for some folks, it will take that long to realize how bad this problem is. You know, and I guess I have to ask this, Brian. I mean, do you I've had this conversation with many Republicans. And, and I mean, is it is it really that American individual American citizens need to feel more pain before they're going to change their voting habits? I mean, is that what it's going to take? Is individuals have to be somehow directly affected by this border crisis, which I would say we all are already? Right. Yeah, I I think what happens um, is that you'll have a situation like 9-11. I was talking to a group a couple of weeks ago, and I said, you know, when 9-11 hit me, not just by watching the coverage, But when I walked out of my building two blocks off the square in downtown Madison, walked up to the Capitol, and our state capital, which would be a terrorist target like other state capitals, was surrounded by heavy equipment trucks, dump trucks, 
uh, things like that to protect it from somebody driving up to it, blowing it up. And I remember, I'll never, for whatever reason, this moment is locked in my mind of standing at the top of the street there, looking across the street at the Capitol and going, you know what, our world just changed forever. But because we have generally done a very, very good job at avoiding terrorist incidents, um, you know, we haven't had that happen again. The other thing we don't know, Meg, and I mean, just think about it in terms of security for the country. We don't know how many of those incidents have been avoided because, you know, our security, you know, CIA, the FBI, you know, whatever that might be. I've criticized of those agencies sometimes, but we don't know how much has been avoided. But as, as Dick Cheney said, one I'll never forget seeing Cheney on television saying, you know what, the problem with terrorism is you have to get it right every time. Of the thousands of attempts that are probably of people getting into the country or an actual event being pulled off, on the issue of terrorism, you have to get it right every single time. Because if you don't, towers get blown up. Uh, uh, you know, the Pentagon gets blown into. Um, you know, uh, kidnappings occur. So it's uh, it's an unfortunate, but but because a lot of those things, and thank God they haven't happened, but we, you know what, we kind of go back to default. We kind of think things are okay until something like that happens. Gosh, do you think that we have any whistleblowers left in the Department of Homeland Security or in the CIA or the FBI that would, you know, that would be principled enough to say, you know, we we have credible threats to our national security. We can't stand by and let this continue. We have to say something. I mean, do, do those people exist anymore? I think they do. And I think the House and Senate oversight committees have heard from those people. Uh, you know, they're in less of a position, obviously, to say it publicly than some are. But I think members of our own delegation and others have heard from those people or gotten information from those people. But this administration, the Biden administration, has so weaponized some of these federal agencies that I think, I mean, I I know folks who are retired folks who are in the FBI and things like that. I, I think the fear is that they feel as though, you know, there'll be retribution in those agencies if they speak out about it. So I think there's information out there. I think uh, folks in Congress have heard a fair bit of it. But we are we're playing Russian roulette with with, you know, with bullets in all the chambers. I mean, it's just instead of being one uh, there, there, there's eight in there. Uh, so I, I, I'm just uh, we're going to unfortunately what I fear is that to your point is that we will find out the hard way. Uh, on this issue, and uh, and then people will be shocked back into awareness. And I, I regret that I have to say that uh, because, you, you know, but how many incidents, that, well, just think back 9-11, quite a long time ago now, but how many dozen incidents were probably avoided since then, um, you know, because we got information on some of these terrorists. Well, you know what? When you got terrorists prancing across the Mexican border, you know, from Central American countries or from hostile countries into the Middle East who get planted in Central American countries because they know they can get across the border. It's just a matter of time in my mind. And I, 
at uh, my deputy at the time the Twin Towers went down, uh, the guy was working as my deputy at the time, his brother had an every Monday morning meeting in one of the Twin Towers. I forget which one it was. but but um, uh, And so he was freaking out. I'll, I'll never forget it. He was freaking out thinking his brother was in one of the buildings at that exact time. And had his brother not caught the, the subway late or whatever the issue was, he would have been there. Well, you know what? We... we this is an issue where sometimes we learn the hard way, and uh, and I fear that that moment will come again. But having an open border, and let's face it, we have an open border. I don't want to hear all the president's numbers about how many catches, because the number of gotaways is so ridiculous. Um, uh, uh, you know, it's insane. So, so this is a major issue in this election. It ought to be a major issue in the election. And the Tammy Baldwins and the Democrats in Congress from Wisconsin have supported this administration on an open border. And Tammy Baldwin ought to be made to pay politically for it, not just because it's a bad political decision, but because she's putting lives at stake. The people who are listening to us right now are less safe because of the votes of Tammy Baldwin and Democrats in Wisconsin's House delegation. You know, as Congressman Tom Tiffany said and probably a couple years ago on this show, I think I heard it for the first time. Every state is a border state and none of yep. us will get through this life without feeling some effect from this crisis at our border. Hey, speaking of borders, <laughs> there was obviously some significant news uh, last night, uh, the vote to impeach Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas failed in the House. I'm sure that perhaps you're hearing about the criticisms of Marine Corps, uh, retired Marine Corps captain, uh, veteran of the Iraq War, Mike Congressman Mike Gallagher's vote against impeachment. I know I haven't had a chance to uh, read it yet. There's a there's a, a piece in uh, the. Uh, Wall Street Journal that he's written about why he voted no. Um, you know, I actually I'm going to try to reach out to his office and see if I can't get him on the show to talk about it. But um, what's what's your take on this, Congressman uh, Derek Van Orden was was joined me earlier, as did uh, Senator Ron Johnson on the show. We we discussed this and discussed the impeach. Well, we didn't talk to jo- Senator Johnson about this specifically, but the impeachment of Alejandro Mayorkas. Yeah, I think he should have been impeached. I and I've been a member of the House, and thank God I'm not. But uh, <laughs> I've been a member of the House. I would have voted to impeach him. And and look, I uh, Mike Gallagher is a great congressman, hardcore anti-communist. Uh, he's been a, done a great job chairing that that Chinese, you know, the Oversight Committee on Chinese issues. So uh, he, he's you know he's a hardcore guy. But his argument seems to be, and and I understand his argument. I read it quite early this morning when I got up, uh, uh, that he feels as though this will set a policy that will hurt Republicans later because once we get a Republican, and I'm I'm greatly generalizing what he said here, so I apologize for that. But but, um, uh, as he says in his story, the first article of impeachment lays out in grueling detail Mr. Mayorkas's manifest incompetence but incompetence doesn't rise to the level of high crimes or misdemeanors. I, I, had it been me, I would have I would have voted for that and and um, and voted to impeach him. But, but the reason for me, the high crimes and misdemeanors for me, 
would have been, this guy has certifiably lied to the Congress repeatedly when he's, and to the American people. I, I do think it's an impeachable offense. I understand Mike's, uh, you know, line of reasoning. I don't agree with that. Uh, I, I would agree more with uh, Tom, uh, Tiffany, and with uh, Congressman, uh, uh, well, our Congressman Van Orden. From, from Van Orden from Western Wisconsin, I, and I, I was with Derek the other day. Uh, but but so I I would have done it. But I I understand Mike's reasoning. But but let's not let this vote. I, my understanding is the leadership is going to bring this vote back, which is why. One of the votes flipped to a no vote from a yes vote on it. And the reason that they did, that person did that is they want impeachment, but to move for reconsideration of a vote that they already took, you have to have voted um, uh, in the majority. Mm-hmm. So that's why one of the congressmen flipped and voted no instead of yes, because that allows him to go to the floor and move for re- so so just from a rule standpoint, that's why that one individual did that. So I I, I hope that they take the vote again. I hope that they impeach him. I uh, I guess I understand uh, Congressman Gallagher's uh, arguments. Uh, as I say, he's a good hardcore anti-communist, and he's he's been leading on the China issue. Uh, but I, I think that's something he's got to go out and explain to folks is is why he did that. And from a state party chairman standpoint. Um, I hope they come back, and I hope they impeach Mayorkas because he deserves it. It sounds to me like it's going to happen, and I guess my only question for Congressman Van Orden was, well, why didn't they just wait a week until Steve Scalise was back? And he said, Meg, I'm not privy to those leadership decisions. Uh, You know, just for our listeners' benefit, it was Utah Congressman Blake Moore who uh, voted no in a parliamentary tactic to avoid yeah. a tie vote, and that's, I mean, that's why he did what he did. Uh, I know Congressman Van Orden said, I disagree with Congressman Mike Gallagher 100% on this issue, but uh, attacks uh, as to his honor, uh, he said there's not a lot of daylight between uh, Congressman Gallagher and Congressman Van Orden, and he wanted to yeah. make it clear that, you you know, to, to attack uh, the the character or the the service of uh, Congressman uh, Gallagher on this he does not support he 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 obviously right. disagrees with his vote but uh, again and, I think and I th- he's right I mean Mike Mike is as solid as a rock and square as a brick and straight as an arrow I mean if he's if he the very few times that. You know, he's been in a situation like this. He always explains it. He explained it first thing this morning. And uh, But here's a guy who served in the Middle East as a Marine. He's been a rock star member of the delegation in Congress. Um, Derek is right. He and Tom Tiffany and Derek and, and Ron Johnson vote together all the time. Uh, no doubt about it. Uh, so uh, I'm disappointed the vote didn't go through, but I think that moment will come back, and hopefully it will come back soon. Okay, so before we run out of time, I know you're going to be up here, as you said, uh, in this part of the state over the weekend for all kinds of activities. I presume that part of your remarks, if not all of them, will be about banking the vote, but then also all of the local, all the local elections that are so critical in our communities throughout the state. And, you know, I know that... Um, there are uh, all kinds of really great candidates that have stepped up 
to run for county board, school board, Absolutely. city council, town board, etc. And and I, we I think our listeners need to be paying attention to these candidates. And I've I've encouraged listeners to reach out to their county Republican county parties and ask how they can help these candidates get elected. And and I mean the way to do that is to promote their candidacies, go door to door, whatever it takes to get these local candidates elected. Well, and that is so true, and that's a major campaign by the state Republican Party is to get people involved in local races. We've done dozens and dozens of trainings of candidates all over the state. Look, people, a lot of folks, and, and a lot of, uh, probably a lot of folks listening right now never have run for office, wouldn't even think about running for office, don't want to put their family through it. But the people, we, we have an obligation, almost a moral obligation, to step up and help those of our neighbors who do say, you know what, I've, I've got to do something here. I can do it. So whether it's writing a check or putting up a yard sign or dropping brochures in your neighborhood or whatever, find out who those local candidates are. We have shown statewide, and, and I might add, right in the Wausau area, uh, we have shown that when our people show up at the polls at, for the spring elections and go out and put some effort in to help these local candidates, we win. I mean, when the voters understand, I always say, when the voters understand the difference between us and them on schools, on taxes, on crime, on running our cities day to day, we win. We win those elections. What the Democrats hope is that people, regular, everyday folks, stay home in April. And uh, this April is an opportunity for us. It's also you know, technically a presidential primary date. But if our folks step up and help those local candidates, please, people, if you don't do anything else, help your local candidates with just even a few dollars, putting the art sign up, dropping the brochures, calling your friends. You know what? All of a sudden, we start winning school board elections. All of a sudden, your leftist mayor of Wausau may, mm-hmm. you know, could be out of office. Mm-hmm. Uh, all of a sudden, you win county board races. They are very, and you know this, Meg, they are very often decided by literally a handful of votes, sometimes less than five or 10 votes. Let's start winning those things and have a difference, making a difference on the local level. We've done it the last three years. We do it this year and we could shock the state. It will be a conservative rebellion in this state to say we want responsible local government. We can get there, but the only way we get there is if we help local candidates for aldermen, for mayor, for county board, town board, village board. The great news is we can do it, but all of us have to step up. Okay, so here's your challenge, uh, Republican Party of Wisconsin Chairman Brian Schimming. I talk a lot about, I, I have been at least, talking a lot about messaging. And I know you have this, I'm saying this to you on the air, sorry. But uh, I know you have this great comms guy, Matt Fisher, who uh, you know I communicate with. And... Uh, yeah. I am hoping that the RPW can put together some sort of, I don't know, card that shares all of these types of talking points that can be distributed to county parties throughout the state so that individual county party members can start talking with others. And I think if, if they have something in their hands that they, they can continue to refer to, I think it would be helpful because not a lot of people, or there are people that aren't comfortable speaking extemporaneously. And if we have a consistent message throughout the state, I think it will 
will help Republicans in the long run. There you go. Well, that will be the, my focus on free the road of charge. this weekend. <laughs> yeah, this will be the my focus on the road this weekend, and we will indeed follow up on that because this is one where conservatives can have a massive impact, and we don't have to wait till November to do it. We can do it in February and in April in these elections. You can make a huge difference. One person, local elections are a great example of where one person can make a massive difference. And uh, so, so let's go do that and turn this state to the better. Amen. Hey, thanks for joining me this morning. Hopefully we can connect at some point over the weekend up here. Republican Party of Wisconsin Chairman Brian Schimming, keep up the great work. We will chat soon. Have a good day. Thanks for having me on. Thanks. We'll talk soon. Going to the 930 News, followed by your calls on the other side, 715-845-2155 on the Meg Ellison Show on WSAU.